It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's a hard time. We had a hard time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a hard time. We had a hard time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. Today, we are talking pot with my family. I am just returning from my family reunion where I had some group conversations with various family members about cannabis and their first time, their relationship with it currently, their thoughts on it, all that good stuff. We just, there wasn't really an agenda. It just was organic conversation and questioning. And so these audio recordings that you're going to hear, they're not the best quality because I was using my phone. Um, If your family is anything like mine and you all get together, it gets a little bit crazy. And so there was always something going on. There was always a baby crying or a toddler giggling and raising hell. And so I just did the best I could. And there's going to be parts of it where you might not be able to hear someone as well as you would like to. Um, But I didn't want to cut any bits out because it's just kind of this authentic evolution of the conversation. And so I just wanted to leave it all there. So this episode is also going to be a little bit longer than the others, but I I hope you love it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. And I hope it inspires you to have your own conversations. I'm sure you won't be surprised by my very first question. Daddy, tell me, I want to know the first time you smoked pot. How old were you? The moon, right? Uh, 
Probably 25. 25? Are you lying or are you being serious? No. So when you smoked pot, what did they call it back then? Was it grass? Weed. Weed? Okay. She smoked weed for the first time when you were 25. Where was it? In Texas? And it did not inhale home. At the house. (laughs) I heard that story. (laughs) Mom told me that story. One time. Just once. Never again. Are you kidding? I have trouble believing that. Never again. I have a hard time believing that as well. That daddy only smoked weed one time when he was 25 years old. Yeah, you don't seem like a one and done. I know. No, I preferred beer. All right. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I just, uh, you know, felt like I'd lost control instead of, and I don't like being out of control. Man, see, that's what alcohol is. Yeah, but it doesn't do that. Daddy's like, gin is one of my food groups. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if it legalized in Texas, would it? I mean, you you don't have to smoke it, but would you consume it? Uh, I've been using the cream and, and some of the medicinal, but uh, as far as smoking it or doing anything, you know, no. Yeah. Well, and now when that does happen, there it is completely medicinal and measured and you know it's not like it was before so you could get it and use it responsibly because Joycey Bear was like no way I would never do that and I'm like well Joycey Bear what if I told you it would maybe make you less forgetful and it could reverse the effects of dementia would you try it then she was like oh yeah I bet I would I'm like well that was easy yeah Buffy, what about you? What? <laughs> Your first experience was with me, right? And it was... I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't care for it. Well, that was you my... Know what? It's only because Joanna wasn't this back then. That was my fault? You had a bad experience? When you were young and Well, you know, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> Buffy spent a lot of time on a bathroom floor with (laughs) covered in hair. She was so mad at me. Probably eighth grade. Eighth grade? Wow. Did you do it a lot or was it just... Yeah. Yeah. A lot. What? Did your mom know? Like, was it... Were you easy to catch or... They knew, but they couldn't ever catch me smoking. Yeah. They knew that I smoked it. Because that's the thing I find with a lot of parents. They always think that their kids are like, yeah, I know this is going on in schools or whatever, but, you know, my kids are good. They're not They're not that interested in it. And I can get one look at their kid and be like, mm, yeah, they are. <laughs> Haley, have you ever smoked pot? I didn't even drink until I was in college. When you're, are you still playing ball? Uh, yeah. So you, you get random, random drug tested as athletes in college, right? You can. You want more? They don't do it very often. Lots of football players, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> but Phil, what are, you, what are y'all teaching the kids at school now? Don't know it. 
don't do anything illegal. And what do you think should be taught? Well, I know. I'm just recording. Oh, <laughs> You're like, well, I've already told you this. <laughs> Quick sidebar. My sister Buffy is the lead guidance counselor for the largest high school in the state of Texas. And so I've been picking her brain quite a bit about what is being taught in the schools, which is nothing. Abstinence is being taught. And but what the conversations are amongst the actual counselors and administrators in regards to cannabis and drug education. It was too chaotic in that room, and my sister really likes to be thoughtful in her responses, and she gets sidetracked very easily, and she just couldn't concentrate. And so I will be doing a special episode where I'm either talking to her or I have her record her thoughts and send them my way. But that's a much bigger conversation that I do want to get into, but she she wasn't ready to have that conversation again that day because, as you can tell by the room, it was fucking nuts in there. All right, are you ready? We're going back in. So Bambi and Melissa have a two-year-old, right, two now, and twin little babies. So... How do we feel about being casually baked parents? Is this in the cards or or not? Yes, it's very much in the cards, and we can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that will make life much easier, a little bit stress-free. Yeah. Well, and I tell the parents that, I, um, that I'm around in California and the ones that come to me because they're always concerned about you know being hypocritical about like we don't want our kids to think it's okay but they they want to consume or they need it for whatever reason and so I always say let them know that you're doing it from really early on that way it's like this is just mommy's medicine well that's how I was raised my father has smoked my whole entire life and I've known from the age of five that he did it and I always had to knock on his door before I could enter because he was in there and at that time he was smoking the water bong it wasn't you know anything medicinal by any means and his friends would come over but that was his time and we always knew what he was doing and we weren't supposed to do it till we were of age so I've always grown up knowing my father does it he still does to this day and so you had a healthy respect for the plant and you... Yes, it wasn't a drug to me, per se. Right. So when was the first time that you ended up smoking? I was 15, and it was laced with something, and it freaked me out. But it didn't stop me from trying it again. Oh, I was like, you so know? it scared you straight for a while? No, sure didn't. A couple <laughs> weeks later, I was trying it again, and I had smoked. I stayed high all day, every day, from 17 until... 19, and then I got a job where they drug tested randomly, so I had to stop doing it, and then started back after I got the job, and just played my cards and was lucky, and... Yeah. So when did you learn kind of that, the nuances of how to consume and stay functional? Because if you were doing that, you're in school, like you're a kid at school, so... 
were you just out of it or were you still a good student and how I mean oh yeah I was still a good student still graduated with A's and B's and I just I guess my body just really meshes well with it and really appreciates it that I wasn't you know sunk it into a couch like the commercial used to always show and you know useless I still drove around did everything I wanted to do while maintaining a nice buzz I guess but yeah I didn't sit there and just smoke myself obliterate either right Thanks, Daddy. That's blowing the nose, by the way. Heavy pot user in the morning, (laughs) (laughs) No run, can't breathe. Well, actually, Daddy, you don't even know what you're talking about. Although I will say, I am a bit allergic to cannabis, and so when I do smoke. I will, sometimes I'll sneeze, but I always have a runny nose for a little bit after I smoke, but I'm also a little bit allergic to pecans and avocados and watermelon, and you know, there's, yeah, you pick your battles, I'm like, I can deal with the (laughs) sniffly nose. Daddy, you've only smoked one time, how do you know? That's why I quit. (laughs) Well, now that the room is clear, is it really still just one time? Right. (laughs) No, I I did one time, it just, didn't like the way it made me feel. That's so hard for me to understand because well, I just love it so much. If you only do it once, you really don't know how it makes you feel. Well, I, know the first I, time, it was I know how it made me feel. So I know, but I'm just saying, if you do it more often than it... Like Bambi got sense. sick and puked the first three times that she did it, and I went back for more. <laughs> Like she ruined the night. We had plans to go out, and here she is sick, puking on the bed. I'm spinning. I can't get up, and I'm like, "Well, we have plans." She's like, "I can't go anywhere." And I'm like, "It's just because I had too much." And once I gradually, my body got used to it. It was life changing. Got her off of three medications. Yeah. Exactly. So you were on an antidepressant. Antidepressant, anti-anxiety, and a sleeping pill for about I don't know eight or nine, maybe ten years. And then when when I met Melissa, she's like, why don't you just take a hit of weed? Yeah. And I said, because it just makes me sick. Um, I probably tried it first with with Nikki. Um, Oh, man. When you were 25, the first time you ever saw weed. Yeah. No, I was 20. I was in college, so I was 22. 22. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but but that's a really big deal to be on three medications for eight years and then yeah thank god for you melissa yeah and so i i got off all the medication and melissa and i we smoked regularly we didn't smoke to get blitzed but we smoked enough to where it would relax me and calm my nerves and help just uh, it helped me get off everything and so I was able to sleep through the night better and so it was it was life-changing yeah of course then when we had to when I got pregnant we had to get off of everything and I still was able to um I was still fine I didn't have to go back on any medications or Mm -hmm. anything so um and then after I had Camden then we I gradually you know, every, every, once a month maybe I would smoke, and then after um, after she had the twins, that's or right before, that's when I kind of started smoking a little bit more. Yeah. And I didn't really want to go back on medication. I 
I did. My doctor put me back on um, an anti-depressant. Um, I was having some low moments. Cymbalta. Cymbalta, yeah. So I'm taking that right now, currently, and... Um, and that happened after Grandma died. Yeah, right after Grandma the died, twins. I started, and then the twins were getting closer to being um, born. I just started getting some more anxiety. I would wake up. I'd get about two or three hours of sleep. I'd wake up and just be like in panic mode for yeah. no reason. My schedule doesn't change. I have the same. So, anyways, I started smoking a little bit more, and it's it helps. So the so you're still taking that Cymbalta. What are the side effects of that? Uh, uh, constipation, constipation, nausea. Yeah, I've had some nausea. Um, I don't know if I should say weight gain. <laughs> That's the nutty bars and the double stuffed Oreos. <laughs> I think that's probably more the case. But since I've started taking it, I have gained a few pounds. But I think it's more so that the twins are here and, and I'm eating more, and she's eating more, and so because she's nursing. Yeah. But um, but we also <clears throat> our money with having three kids now. We need to balance out whether we can afford to always buy it so that's why she hasn't smoked probably enough to where she wouldn't have to take the medication it's just one or two hits a day just to kind of ease it a little bit yeah maybe three or four hits it just depends on the day yeah well and i'll be excited for you to try the you know the high cbd yeah um, yes the three to one cbd thc stuff so you can like have that daytime awareness and there was at the NorCal Cannabis Cup. I tried for the first time an actual flower that was three parts CBD, one part THC, and I had only had that in a pen form before through a concentrate. And the scientist who had gotten it from this guy that at another booth, he brought it over, and he was like, "Have you ever had this before?" And I was like, "No." So we both smoke, and which. That's the only place you can smoke at work at your booth. You're at the cannabis cup. There's people coming up. You're just smoking a bowl, <laughs> blowing it up, helping them. It was pretty fun. But all of a sudden, I'm like, it seems really bright in here. And I was like, and my field of vision feels expanded. Like, I felt like I could see beyond my peripheral vision and just really alert and aware. Anyway, it was it was good. I really liked it. And yeah, so that's yeah. the same that's ratio. Exciting. So. I'll be excited for you to try that and see what Certainly. you think. <clears throat> but do you think that you want to, you'll eventually get, like, get back off of the Cymbalta and go back yeah, to Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Because I don't like being on that type of medicine. And doesn't it affect your sex drive, too? Not like y'all have energy yeah. having sex or anything. <laughs> that's about so, yeah. my sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's been gone for a long yeah. time. <laughs> When you have kids, and take a moment to rest that soul. <laughs> running around, yeah, it's you're exhausted, and but yeah. yes, it does affect that very much. So, yeah. I mean, hell, Camden's on an eleven. Yeah, always known about that. He would. He actually sold it to his friends to help make income because my mom died, and it was just him at 28 with two girls, you know, and disability helped from her social security helped, but he still needed more income, but. Um, he always told us about it. My sister got into the club Defy It in school. And 
they wanted you to write a letter if you were aware of your parents doing anything that they weren't supposed to do. And so we're driving to school, and my dad's like, oh, you know, well, how's your day going to be? What do you have planned? Da, 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 da. And my sister's like, yeah, you know, in Defiant, they told us to write a letter about you know, what our parents do and if they did anything they weren't supposed to. And I wrote a letter about you smoking weed. And he was like, you did what? She's like, yeah, I'm going to turn it in today to my teacher. And he was like, oh, let me read that letter. And so thankfully she spoke up about it because, you know, then they would have passed the letter on. My dad probably could have been taken to jail. We would have been put in foster care, you know, and all over weed, which is, is ridiculous. Yeah. But here they are, yeah, trying to pull this stuff out of kids, which my dad didn't like either. But thank God she spoke up about it and had a big mouth because that saved wow. his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I want my kids to, I want to educate them. I want them to understand what it can do for them. Um, but that I think that the, it needs to be when they're adults and when they can make that decision. Um, you know, I don't want it to, I want to make sure that they do what they need to do um, to graduate and do the right things. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep things from them. So. Well, and. I think if you if you're open about it, then it's not as sexy to do it or to hide it because right. they're like, well, my moms do that. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's, a big deal. But it is making the the information available. Like, you know, I was talking to Buffy. I was like, how long is it going to be until the schools will allow some sort of actual education to happen? Because you know, abstinence is never, it didn't work for us when we were kids. It's not going to work for these kids now. And so it's like this vicious cycle of everybody just trying to just say no instead of, yeah. hey, let's have an educational conversation about it. And then you feel empowered to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have you knowledge behind should, it. You think there should be a, an age restriction? An age restriction on consumption? Absolutely. Yes, of 20, course. 21, I'm a, you know, I dig my heels in at 21. However, if you don't teach these kids about it in high school, then when they go to college, they're going to learn about it from those, you know, asshole frat bros at Rush. Yeah. And then they're going to have a really bad experience where they're mixing alcohol and cannabis yes. instead of. You know, I tell my friends, like, teach, be willing to teach your kids how to smoke before they go to college. Because whether you think they're good or not, they're going to try it. So you might as well teach them the right way. Teach them how to smoke? Teach them how to smoke and how to be mindful, how to microdose, how to choose the right thing for them, whether or not that's you know, having a mint or learning how to vape or smoke or how an edible interacts with their body. Like, all of those things are important. I I don't disagree. My thought process is until it is regulated and you, you know, what you buy on the street, what you get from in in Texas uh, is not necessarily good, not necessarily bad, but you don't know the level. There's no, there's no uh, 
regulation, regulation standards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I go buy a, a bottle of gin, it's got 78% alcohol. I, you know, everything is on there. Mm -hmm. When you go buy weed from some guy sitting on the corner, you don't know what the heck you're getting. Well, and I'm not, and we're talking about, too, in a regulated market. Like, I live in California. We're having this conversation. By the time Bambi and Melissa's kiddos are yes. old enough to have this conversation, it you well, very well could be able to buy it in CVS at that point. But right, right mm -hmm. now, I'm talking about if you can go to a Colorado. dispensary or, well, and... Even though you're, it's in Texas right now where you would be buying it from a drug dealer, kids still need to understand what they're getting, what to look for, how to, how to properly consume it so that they don't have this terrible experience. Like, <clears throat> because something being illegal is not going to stop anybody from doing it. So the education is still necessary regardless of the regulations or the market. Mm -hmm. Well, and you can't overdose or smoke too much weed. You can't drink too much gin or alcohol. Exactly. And so, whether, I mean, I know you're still buying it unregulated on the side of the road, but even regardless of the potency of it, you can, it would still be okay. Although, not necessarily just the potency. You always hear, you know, there are some that are, are deadly. But they, there, nobody's ever died say, from consuming cannabis. I am, of all the years, 20 years, I mean, we're all right. Seriously. So mm -hmm. it's not... And I will tell you, I have tried every drug. I don't know that I've smoked crack. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, seriously, I've tried a lot of things, and I have had some trippy experiences, some not so great, but cannabis was never on that list. Camden, no, baby. No, 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 no. Cannabis doesn't even do what alcohol does to you. I mean, alcohol... It hurts your body. Yeah. And it's more difficult for women to metabolize, so it's harder on women's Well, there's a reason that marijuana stays in your system for 30 days. You know, your fat cells, your body likes it. Well, and Why the hard drugs are there for three or four days because it's like, what the hell is yes, this? Get it out. Yeah. Well, and the more you learn about the benefits of cannabis, you you can see all the ways that you can incorporate it into your life for wellness and especially for women and for aging people because our you know our endocannabinoid system starts depleting as we get older, and so the phyto cannabinoids in cannabis become important as you get older. Old man, do you hear me? You're I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> looking at the granddaughter pouring the pencils out on I know, the well, it's quiet right now. <laughs> I know, please. <laughs> it's taken me this long to get half of you in a room, so let's just ignore the the little. The unruly little Well, girl. and as far as raising your kids, first of all, I never told Quentin he couldn't do anything. Yeah. Ever. I encouraged him to do anything, whatever, you know, just activities and such. So I never didn't let him do something. So he wasn't trying to fight or rebel against anything. And I told him, there's nothing wrong with weed. I, the whole, his whole entire life, I have told him weed is a plant. 
other drugs, I would prefer that you not do. I obviously know that I can't stop you from doing that. Just, I want you to know, this is what happens here, this is what happens with this, and you are more than welcome to smoke all the weed you want when you grow up. Like right now, your brain is developing, you're a kid, you've got things you need to take care of. And so I remember Quentin, I don't know if he told us, or one of his friends did, that he at school they were talking about, and he was like, oh, my mom told me I could do weed when I'm a grown-up. You know, so it was like something that was no problem. He was not, he didn't have any negative connotations around it, and so he has no attachment to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, he told me, if I can go into a store and get it, when it's legal, I'll do it. But until then, he's like, I'm not interested in like having to go search for it and meet a stranger in a parking lot. Which is, you know, that's fair enough. Makes sense to me. So, Daddy, tell me, within your your group and I guess your community, where you know we're West Texas small town folks, but people are seeing the benefits of the tax dollars being raised in, you know, just a few states over in Colorado. What's the general feeling of cannabis and legalization and where, where, where do your people stand? There, there's a conversation much about, uh, weed. Uh, there's conversation about the medicinal values. You know, I told you the story about Buck Kraft, he's a nine-year-old cowboy, and he uh, he prescribed marijuana pills. He was on on the verge of starving to death and dying, and they prescribed marijuana pills to him. And now his appetite's good; he's performing well. But so the medicinal part of it is, but as far as uh, recreational. Nobody talks. I don't hear anybody talk about it. Well, I think for me, the place that I would like the conversation to go is just about cannabis for wellness and it not being this is the medicinal use of it and we don't talk about the recreational use because in all honesty, it is always doing your body good. So regardless of your intention when you're consuming it, you're always receiving these wellness benefits. And so I would love for you to begin having conversations with the people in your community. Tell them what I'm doing. Tell them to listen to the podcast. But I think it is just people hearing little stories about like Buckcraft or about... You know, a mom that's on an antidepressant and a sleeping pill and an anti-anxiety or mood stabilizer and being able to get off of all of that medication and not have any of the side effects just by making the shift to cannabis. The so, side effects being health. Yeah. Wellness. Well, and the side effect of cannabis is also just like this that peace of mind question. and well-being. That was my... It, it, there's no ill side effects to cannabis? No, sir. If you if you over-consume while drinking alcohol, you might hate yourself for a couple of days. <laughs> What's that mean? It means that I call it, and a lot of people will call it, you get cross-faded. So... You, which you, is what happened to Buffy the first time. She exactly. 
And she so was too drunk and she smoked. Most people they have to have liquid courage to try cannabis for the first time. So they get themselves a little liquored up and then they're like, "Hey, you know what? I think I will give that a try." And it ha- you have to be with someone who knows better to say, "No, you this isn't the time. You're not going to have a good experience." So when Buffy tried it for the first time, we had been hanging out at the pool at my boyfriend's house at the time and drinking pina coladas and daiquiris by the pool and then I'm smoking and he's smoking and and she decided she wanted to try it and I'm in my 20s I'm young just like yeah here and she was puking and hugging the toilet the rest of the night and of course I left her there I was like, uh, I have plans. This is not working out for me. I'm going to have to go. You're fine. Um, Ouch. Well, yes, I've grown up since then. So, yeah, so there you can have a bad experience. Yes. So it's teaching people just the basics. That's why I created that kit is like, okay, what are all the things that I think people need to know so that they can make an educated decision about how they want to use it, why they want to use it, mm-hmm. who they want to talk to about it, all that kind of stuff. You know, I also told Quentin, I mean, from really probably in high school, like, if you are going to drink or if you are going to smoke, first of all, if you drink too much and have a hangover, you are going to think that you're dying and you're not, but you're going to feel like you are. And if you smoke, don't do it. After you've been drinking, like I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to control your situation. This is what I want, but if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And I was with that child for his first hangover, and I swear to God, bless his heart, he was in the hall down at sitting on the toilet or sitting on the floor with his head, and he was like, "Mom," and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And he was like, "I got drunk last night." And so I'm just laughing, and I get him a towel, and I get him, you know, some water, and and he's just hating his life. I mean, he's so miserable. And we just laughed. And I'm like, well, I told you, you're going to want to die. And you would might think that you are dying. But I was like, but listen, if you had smoked pot, you would have felt even worse than this. So here you go. Yeah. But, but, you know. but even someone choosing not to drink and just smoking for the first time, if the worst thing that they would feel the next morning is like they... Like they took a Benad- like they woke up in the middle of the night and took a Benadryl and went back to sleep. Like you just feel kind of groggy and tired. Huh. Like that would be a cannabis hangover if you smoked too much. Exactly. Kind of like waking up as a 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's important for people butch's age to just open their minds to be educated mm-hmm. because it's something that they're ignorant about. Yes. No, they don't understand. And so, you know, just reading about it and just educating themselves. Well, and even just be willing to try something new. Because like, it's at 70 years old for your whole adult life, you know, you've had this one belief that cannabis is this one thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's all this evidence telling you otherwise. It's it's hard for people to change their minds. And 
which makes me crazy. It's true. But people just have, they just think negative about it. You know what? There was a schmear campaign <laughs> back in yeah. the 40s. Like, I, don't, I mean, it just really demonized it and scared the fuck out of yeah. the older folks, maybe their parents, and then, you know, distilled that information down. Well, and so prohibition planted these seeds of fear and negativity, and then that was bred into all of us as as the generations have children and start educating them. I mean, it's yeah. well, we just also, we propagate these yes. falsities, yes. and it's just because nobody knows any better. And so, you know, when we know better, we do better. Exactly. And so it's. The, this whole idea of just when you know, you finally know the truth, then make it your mission to educate those few people that are around you in your circle. And well, and also recognizing that the alcohol industry does not want the weed to be legal. Oh no! It, like it is so it's fighting. Right? Well, and it it is affecting their business in yes. a very real way. I mean, yes. the states where cannabis has been legalized, alcohol sales have gone down. Are, yeah. Have gone down, and so yeah, there's a there are huge lobbying groups that that don't want to see cannabis well, legalized. Very little medicinal value of alcohol. It's alcohol, yeah. I mean, like maybe cleaning out wound or something, yes. maybe a glass of red wine and. <laughs> But truly, alcohol is crazy, terrible for your body. Well, it's a totally different feeling, yes, too. You lose control, and you just, I don't know, you get, you get sick. Well, and weed opens up your mind, it calms that yes. chatter, that negative self-talk, and allows you to just sit in the silence and peace of your own mind for a minute. Well, I mean, just the whole time we've been here, besides drinking entirely too much wine the day we went wine tasting, I have hardly drink anything. And, I know, the same. And Daddy points to the counter to the bottle of gin that there's like a third of the bottle left. And he said, Mimi did good. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, we brought three bottles. This is the third one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like three bottles of gin. In this. He's like, well, Joanna, the whole family's drinking it. And I'm like, I'm not drinking it. Crystal's <laughs> not drink. drink. That was it. Yeah, and the first night. We don't have any of that. No. I mean, besides that. I had one drop. Yeah. Exactly. So, Greg, David, Daddy, and Linda. What now? What are we talking about? Y'all. The gin versus cannabis consumption in the family. Oh. Y'all got your slowness to get in there. Y'all want all that money going to the cannabis. Yeah. Right? Because you'd be healthier and happier. <laughs> yes. I know, Mimi, I like that about you, that you have the open mind. You have to have an open mind to try new things. Remember that next time when I want you to try something new, okay? You got that on recording, don't you, Joe? I did. It's, awesome. it's on the record. <laughs> Quentin, now that you're in the room... Tell me, um, when was the first time you tried cannabis? Uh, 16, maybe. Uh, like a personally rolled up friend joint, and I don't even remember getting high at all. <laughs> was it just 
Oh, so you, the first time you smoked, you don't think you got high? Mm-hmm. I don't, that's the way I was my very first mm-hmm. time. And then after that, yeah. I was like, did I do it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, did I yeah. not inhale? Uh, you know, like, what's the deal? But then, so the next time you tried it, how old were you? Same year, probably. <laughs> but you, but then the next yeah, time but it, it worked. worked. The next time, yeah. I just remember chocolate ice cream tasted so good. <laughs> it was like, I was like, mm, like, it was the best time I spent eating that ice cream I've ever had. So what are your feelings on legalization? Do you, I mean, you don't smoke regularly now. Tell, tell me why, like we talked about that earlier. Because oh, I'm not trying to text someone and you know, are you awake right now? Like, where are you? Where can I meet you? I'll, I'm, it's mostly motivated by laziness. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. But if there was a store that's definitely open, definitely available, whenever I just feel like going, then yeah, I'm going to go there. Yeah. That totally makes sense to me. It's completely yeah. rational. <laughs> so do you have um, friends that consume regularly or? Yeah, definitely. But recently, she's one of my friends isn't doing it as much because she's kind of getting anxiety like while she's doing it. But sometimes that happens to her. Right. So next time mm-hmm. you're with her, mm-hmm. and so the reason she gets anxiety is mm-hmm. because she overdoses on it. Mm-hmm. So tell her to take what we call a microdose. Mm-hmm. So if y'all are smoking a bowl together, just have her do take one or two hits and mm-hmm. then stop. Because people that have a tendency to get anxiety, if they smoke too much, it mm-hmm. intensifies their anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so, just give her that little tip next time y'all smoke. And but I think she was also saying, like, it's never happened when she smokes with me. So it might be like... Who she's with. Yeah. Like, well, but it, it definitely know. is how much, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, the environment will yeah. also yeah. affect. Yeah. Do you know how to roll a joint? No. I don't either. They're terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could if somebody, yeah, like, yeah. you know, held a gun to my head. Yeah, I'm like, I can MacGyver like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can figure it out on the fly, but I'm not. I had a friend in college that could drive down the street mm-hmm. and roll a joint on the top of the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and it was magnificent. Yeah. I didn't ever get that skill. Yeah. I do it I'm when not we go on vacation. Like when we go to Belize, I, I, that's what we do. I just roll them up. But they're they're not pretty, but they it works. Well, now they have these great. Uh, it's almost like rolling a joint for dummies, and so they have the filter built in, and the paper is kind of a, a cone uh-huh. that goes out, and then there's a little fill tray in the uh-huh. back of it. And so you can just put your crumbled pot there and just tip it over and it funnels in and you just twist the top off. Mm-hmm. I think they're called Blue Jays. I need to get some of those. Yeah, I had ordered some and they had sent me my money back and they're like, you know, we're, we're not going to have them ready because they were just launching. Uh-huh. And they and, sold out or something? Well, yeah, I guess so. They were, and they just said it's going to be a little bit before our next shipment's ready. And so mm-hmm. they just refunded my money and then... I never heard back from them. Uh-oh. So I'm like, I, I need to get back on the horn, yeah. yeah. But I really honestly don't enjoy smoking joints that much. Mm-hmm. Because the paper, to me, yeah. 
it masks the taste of the flour. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like that burning paper taste isn't fun. Mm -hmm. But those new, did you like the those new, the Coast cigarettes that? Yeah, those are good. It, um, it makes you feel like you're smoking a cigarette though. So there's a little mind something in there for me because you have to pull harder. And, uh, but yeah, I, I totally enjoyed it. And it's perfect for the car. Well, and that was the that was the feeling I had was that first initial reaction of like, oh my gosh, I'm smoking a cigarette again. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. But the ease of it, and I like that there's a true filter on it. Yeah. And it does take away the it you doesn't taste like cannabis a lot. Yeah. It's 100% cannabis, but yeah. with that filter, yeah, the taste was different. Yeah. But what does it taste like? Not I don't know. as ashy as a cigarette, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, de- no, it definitely not gross no. like a cigarette mm-hmm. does, but just less... Weedy. I don't know. Yeah, less weedy. <laughs> less weedy. It's, see, and that's part of what I love, that... Ah, taking a breath after you hit that first green bowl and just, like, the the smell of it and the flavor, and that was... Yeah, you don't get that That's funny. I don't, really partic- I don't really enjoy the smell of it very much like people will be like oh this doesn't smell good I'm like not really <laughs> oh I do I love it so the those smells are the terpenes mm-hmm. which are the essential oils mm-hmm. of cannabis and so you'll once you are somewhere when you can go into that yeah. store mm-hmm. in Texas one day <laughs> and go in you can smell at all of these different flavors and the and you'll start recognizing like oh this smells like this one smells like lavender mm-hmm. this is the one that i like smoking in the evening mm-hmm. and you know this one smells citrusy this mm-hmm. is this is the one that i love to smoke when i go to a concert mm-hmm. so you'll be able to like have these nuanced experiences which change things mm-hmm. and i genuinely believe that from me moving from Texas to California and being able to control my experience, mm-hmm. I have, I feel much healthier. I feel mm-hmm. more vibrant. Mm-hmm. I I don't work out near as much as I did when I lived here, and you know, crushing my body trying to stay fit. Mm-hmm. It just just feels easier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the THC, the mind part. That's what I feel is so important about the THC portion of the weed is that it flips that switch in your mind that makes you think, oh my God, something's wrong. What is this? And go down the rabbit hole of what kind of problems you might have and just kind of relax into and say, ooh, interesting, interesting. (laughs) The feeling is something that you are exploring more the physical sensation rather than the mind part of trying to figure out what the hell might be wrong with you. Right. Well, and... I try to tell people, like, your mental health is affected as much as your yes. physical health yes. with cannabis. And so it's it's important for both of those aspects yeah. of our being. Yep. And so taking the time and effort to learn more about it, you can truly, truly, truly affect your overall well-being. Because we are creating our reality. And so when you recognize and you recognize all the medicinal benefits, then as you're consuming, whether that's um, sublingual or through an edible or 
vaping it or whatever, and you recognize and you know and acknowledge all the positive things that are happening throughout your body, then you are receiving the full benefit of that. Yeah. That's true. So when we went to the Blanco Museum and we smoked whatever we went before, was that, like, I know that there's supposed to be, like, different strains, like body highs and mind highs. Was that supposed to be, like, a mind high kind of thing, or was it... When we were rate? when we were in Austin, in Austin. Yeah. I don't remember... The Blanton. Oh, the Blanton. I was like, I don't remember going to a museum in Blanco. The no. Blanton. We went to see... Um, I don't remember what it was, okay. but I, I can't remember what I, we had in there. But yeah, we hit the vape pen before we went into the blade. And I was like, museums are way more yeah. fun when we're high. But it's like, because I just remember, because you were like, who was it? The guy that they were showcasing his all his art? I can't remember. It was... He does that Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe picture with the face. Oh, 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 oh. Um... Soup cans. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, Warhol thank yeah. you. I could not remember, but I just remember you like, you were like, you walked in and you were just like, I get it, man. Like, why do you have to take shit so serious all the time? And honestly, it was like my mind was blown because I was like, oh my God, I did not get it until you just said that. <laughs> like, I really did not understand. I was like, I don't really like these weird colors and like all of the stuff he's doing. And then you said that. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Exactly. You've got to get in the mindset of the artist and listen. They are not living from the left brain like so many other people are. You've got to get in your right brain and like see the world for what it really is mm-hmm. rather than the hard corners that we're... Well, and we were standing there looking at things and Quentin would just be looking and he'd see something and then I would tell him what I saw and then he's like, oh my God, like slapping me on the arm. <laughs> Well, because, like, there was this other one, like, book from the sky or whatever, and, like, I liked that experience more because there was just, like, letters, and it felt so, like... like it, was, if, it was a script. This this artist just created his own language, language and just wrote... And there's just paper. It's The whole room is filled with paper, filled with, like, fake letters, basically, mm-hmm. and it just felt, like, so, like, almost ethereal. I was like, whoa, like, I'm in some other place. Like, yes. That's I like was enjoying that more before she even mentioned that other yeah. And so then we went to the Andy Warhol exhibit after that, and so then it's just like all these color and ridiculousness and whatever. And Quentin is just like snores. (laughs) (laughs) But I was wondering because like typically when I smoke, I feel it like a body high. Yeah, like but that one I don't remember feeling like I remember it was more cerebral yeah. so you it were was also engaged mm-hmm. you were walking around and engaging with your mind and the when you feel that more body high that's an indica dominant mm-hmm. um, either concentrate or or flower and then the sativa is more of the the cerebral mm-hmm. and so it was probably a sativa mm-hmm. dominant thank you mm-hmm. it was probably sativa dominant what we you and I smoked that day mm-hmm but it was fun. Yeah. Yay. That made me so happy. <laughs> but we got to have lunch together and then y'all spent time together. That thrilled me. Well, it thrilled us too. Yay. All right, let's go have some smoke time on the porch. Check smart. on Dion. Another sidebar. 
After lunch on the very last day, I was able to sit down with my 16-year-old nephew. Um, He's had a bit of a rough go of it over the last year. Um, He found himself in some trouble at school um, with cannabis. And so as someone who's trying to figure out how to help parents educate their kids, I just wanted to ask him a few questions. And his mom and daddy said yes, and he was brave enough to answer some questions for me. And so this is our brief conversation. So, Blake, you are about to be a senior in high school, right? Right. Okay, I'm curious what the drug scene is like at school. So, in California, there's a kid that I talked to, and he said when you go to the restroom, it's like just a cloud of vape smoke in the in the bathrooms. So, I want you to tell me what it's like at your school. Yeah, there's always people in there vaping in school, you know, just acting a fool in the bathroom, so... Yeah, I mean, people also do other types of drugs in the bathroom, so... So when you're, they're vaping, are they vaping nicotine or cannabis? Just nicotine, usually. Um, are, are you seeing any of the vaping concentrates, uh, for cannabis concentrates um, at your school? Not really, no, not in Franklin. We don't, we don't have any real concentrates besides some dabs occasionally. So are the kids... Um, do the, uh, the majority of the kids at school, are they experimenting with cannabis, or what's what's going on? Oh, yes. I'd say about, like, 85% of each class has been, like, exposed to weed one way or another. What about you? When was the first time you were exposed to it at, at school? Uh, like, freshman year. Yeah. Like, what about What about junior high? Is Was it just making the jump to high school when... The drugs were started being prevalent, or was it around in junior high too? It was like around seventh grade for me. So, well, what is? Are there kids selling drugs at school? Like, how does everybody get them? Yeah, well, usually after school. But I mean, it'll be somebody from your school. But are there, like, you know, those creepy older kids lurking around that sell them, or are they actually students? That oh no, yeah, it's students. It's just regular regular old students and then you'll just hit them up and they'll come through what about uh do your teachers your counselors do they talk to y'all about drugs or no not really to be honest we don't really talk anything about that at all and there's there's never been any sort of drug testing or like dogs coming through the school do the teacher does the administration even know yeah they bring dogs but i mean nothing else really how is that random how often Uh, per year it's randomly and half the time you don't even know when they do it unless somebody gets in trouble so so when kids bring drugs to school where are you keeping them i guess in your bag i mean people People, only people who aren't very smart about it bring them because you can be searched or whatever. So, What about your cars outside? Can they, they search your cars too? Yes, they can run dogs like through the outside of your car and then if they get marked or whatever, then they can um, like have you come unlock your car. So do you think parents are... Do you think parents know how prevalent it is or... Do you think everybody's snowed? I mean, 
the parents, I mean, a lot of parents are snowed, I guess you would say, but the ones who have caught their kids and stuff, they usually know what's going on or they're more familiar with it, so. Do you think... Do you think it would help if there was some sort of drug education that happened at school? Or, like, what would you like to, as a student, what do you think would, as a student who has been caught with drugs, right? You have been? Right. Okay. So you being caught with them at school and you having to go through some sort of program, what do you think would have helped you make better decisions? Honestly, probably not very much, man. I mean, these kids are going to do what they're going to do. And, I mean, I don't—I really don't think that there's anything to do to help these kids. They, there's plenty of stuff that people have done for me, and it just it took a lot for me to learn. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, to me, I feel like if everyone is empowered with the information, then they would make better choices for themselves perhaps or or use them more responsibly because you're right everyone they're going to experiment it's going to happen right so i personally think if they're going to do it anyway at least let them be educated yeah and if it and if somebody's educated like i believe that could work but it would have to be somebody like that they trusted and knew very well or something that was educating them like i don't I don't know how to explain, but I just don't think, like, if the teachers or something were, like, giving, giving like, personal experience or giving any knowledge on it or whatsoever, I don't think people would listen to them because people don't listen to them about anything, so. So it need, would need to come from a peer or yeah, someone yeah, who's been through it. or just, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't really know how we could do it. Well, I'm working on something. We'll figure it out. All right, I like that. Um, okay. Well, if you do you have any personal experience or anything that you want to tell me, anything that would totally blow my mind that I don't know happens? Um, like at school? At school or just in general with teens and drugs and cuz I have a lot of parents that come to me and ask me for help. And so I try to have a better understanding of what's going on because I feel like kids are more open to talk to me than they are to talk to their parents. For sure. And so I'm just trying to arm myself with information so I can help parents help their kids. Yeah, I mean, something that would surprise you possibly is that, you know, anything can be anywhere and kids might do it, you know, like you can, your kids are never too good to do this or that, you know what I'm saying? You don't always know your kids, so just, I guess, like, be, be ready for anything, you know what I mean? Just make sure that you try to teach them what's right and what's wrong as far as the drug world, because they will get into it, and if, and if it's all bad, and then they, if you like, even you're telling them that weed is bad, and they do that, and then they're going to think that anything could be just like weed, like you say it's bad, but in reality, it's not that bad. Right, so if you if you make a mountain out of cannabis and they're like, actually, it wasn't that bad, and so then you that think they're going to easily try coke or, for sure, for sure. or crack or meth or something like that. Yeah. 
So being realistic and honest about the pros yeah. and cons and all that stuff. Exactly like that. Yeah, I, there's no pros to smoking crack. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. Thank you All for right, talking love you to too, me. Yes, ma'am. <sighs> I don't know if y'all are as disturbed as I am about the educational situation out there, but, you know, I really hope that you will consider teaching your kids about cannabis at home because they're not learning about it at school. And I hope if you've learned anything in this one-hour session, it's that it's fucking important. These kids need to know because they're doing it anyway. (sighs) Makes Aunt JoJo nervous, guys. Thank you to my family for participating. I know it probably makes you a little bit nervous to talk about cannabis and let me put it out onto the airwaves. But you're doing your part. You're being a soldier for the cause, and I love you for it, and thank you for supporting me. Ooh, one more thing. While I was home, I was a guest on the Hodgecast, which is the podcast of one of my fun and hilarious friends, Charlie Hodge. In your podcast search, check out Hodgecast, H-O-D-G-E-C-A-S-T, and I'll be on his next episode, I think. If you're a fan of the podcast, I hope that you will subscribe and share it with a friend. If you get a wild hair, review and rate the show. And if you're really feeling inspired, feel free to email me at ask at casuallybaked.com. You can send me your questions if you have suggestions or tips for the show, or even if you've had a conversation with your family members and you want to tell me about it or even send me the audio recording of it. I'm open to whatevsky. As long as you're participating in the conversation, I'm happy as a pig in shit. Until next time. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, produced, edited by the team of Just Joe. Our theme music is by my handsome and fabulous friend Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with his music, check out his latest album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you are buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.